my least favorite thing ever, and I would never say this, I've never said this to anyone in my life, but everyone I've worked with has said it to me, that you just got to wait your turn. Mm -hmm. You got to wait your turn and other people come before you. I don't give a fuck who came before me. I'm going to get mine. (laughs) I'm going to make money. And I'm going to help other people while doing it. Yeah. I'm not going to step on anyone's toes. I'm going to grab everybody's gonna, hand and yeah, pull them up. I'm not going to steal anything, but I'm not going to wait my, wait my turn. What yeah. who the hell? Life's too short to be an assistant for five years. No. Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. Sid, have you heard of this company called Hair Story? You mean the styling line that features essentials for everybody? Yeah, it's the same styling line that allows you to sell retail online and still make a large commission. I'm pretty sure it enhances natural texture and health and makes curls very happy. It also works for my really stick straight hair. Let's tell our listeners how they can get a free product from Hair Story. Go to hairstory.com slash DTH. I just got a new customized booking website. That's genius. Yeah, Gloss Genius. Gloss Genius has one of the lowest processing fees in the industry at 2.6% with no hidden fees and free same-day deposits. DTH listeners get their first month free on us as well as your very own stunning credit card reader, an $80 value. To sign up, visit dth.glossgenius.com. We're rolling. Awesome. You know what I'm really excited about? What are you excited about? Clubhouse. <laughs> it's like this. It's like this but interactive. in my pajamas. And interactive. And interactive. Because we record the podcast in our pajamas sometimes. That's true. When we do it at home. Yeah. It's really cool. If you're not on Clubhouse, you should join it. It's overwhelming all the social media that we have, the social mediums, but... Clubhouse is such a cool platform. And I think we're going to start using it to like follow up with our podcast episodes. Yeah, we're going to do like recaps on the episode, but live with everyone. So stay tuned for that. I love that. And I think one of the topics we've been talking about a lot lately, which I wanted to bring to this podcast, is talking about community and competition. Oh. Because there's a lot of competition out there. There's too much competition. And the funny thing is that... There's no such thing as competition. There's no... Well, and like... (laughs) Every, I think there's competition when you're just copying what other people are doing. Yeah. But when you actually have something unique and different to offer the world, then I think it changes a little bit. What's crazy about all the resources we have and all the technology we have and the amount of information that we're downloading on a daily basis is that I think it really makes it... like People used to be so sure of themselves and now there's so much coming at you. You're like, who am I? Yeah. What the hell do I wear? Who do I, what do I talk about? And so that is the like the imposter syndrome and the competition that we talk about a lot. But I think there's so much happening on the internet that it confuses people all the time. And I see it with my students. Like they'll be like, well, so-and-so's razor cutting. So I think I want to become a razor cutting specialist. And I'm like, do you even like cutting hair? (laughs) What are you doing? Like, so It's it's, it's, I think there's so much happening that we have to like start to use these tools differently and not on an emotional level. There's, so many people out there that have a unique perspective to offer. They have a story to offer. And I think when you're building a brand, and we've said it a million times, no one's coming to you because you're good at hair. That's not why. That may be why they first come to you, 
but it's not why they keep coming to you. People come to you because of your personality. They come to you because of your unique conversations, your story, your perspective, your life. They come to you because you're popular on Instagram and they like to see your photos and they want to see where you traveled and they want to see who you're friends with. It's not the future of hairdressing. This has always been how hairdressing mm-hmm. is. But we have gotten like into this crazy, like I have to be the best at extensions. I have to be the best at balayage. I have to be the best at razor cutting. No one gives a shit. Yeah. You could be mediocre at it, but they love you. And still be making millions. Right. (laughs) I think one of the best advice I ever got is that if you do not have clarity in who you are, your brand is going to fall short. And I think that was such a powerful statement because people try to be like what they're seeing, not knowing the real story behind the scenes. Yeah. And that's the great thing about social media is that we can share what we want and not share what we don't want. But I think people take it like that is what it is, very black and white. And I think that we need to get in a better practice of having more... Ugh, every, every This is kind of annoying too. Everyone's like, be more authentic. And I love that. I did a whole clubhouse on being authentic. But the powerful thing about being authentic is that you're actually coming from a place of like, you're going to attract people that want you. Yeah. And so if you try to be like everyone else, you're going to get yourself in a little bit of a pickle. <laughs> well, even when we started coaching, I feel like we, like hairdressers, like mm-hmm. we got to get everyone in. We got to get as many coaching uh, students as possible. And it was kind of behind the idea like we need to make money mm-hmm. and we'll coach anyone, We're starting. everyone. <laughs> yeah. But then kind of realize like, oh my God, I don't want to coach everyone. And yeah. even behind the chair, I don't want to work with everyone. Or realizing that we were going to do a disservice by trying to coach everyone. Not everybody was ready to be coached. Not everybody wanted to be coached by us. And so that was part of the reason why we wanted to expand our team and really hone in our team on specializing. Because now we have coaches that, like when someone comes in with submission, we actually can like handpick a coach for you if you don't have a uh, request. And for those of you that that are new to the podcast, I'm starting to realize that like, we got we, newbies. Yeah. Well, we t- I think we do our episodes as if people have been following us for a long time because we do have a lot of... Please stay in this season only. Don't go back to the... <laughs> the beginning. It's so rough. <laughs> but it's also enjoy. It's I know. Lovely. It's great. We lovely talk about it all the growth process. But for those of you that are new to the podcast, Sid and I, we focus on coaching salon owners, hairdressers, anyone in the hair industry that's looking to build their business. We don't do technical education. We don't do any of that type of education. We really focus on business building and we're not tied to any company specifically. We may have sponsors, we may have partnerships, but we don't have any buy-ins and we we don't have like you have to buy into this product so you can work with us mm-hmm. and we only work with people that carry this product. We don't do that. And the goal was to just Everyone help. Everyone is welcome. Yeah. The goal was really just to help people with building themselves as a brand, building their business doing all that. There's a lot of coaches out there that do that. I think we're one of the only companies that do it one-on-one mm-hmm. with the amount of time you get with a coach. Like you get constant contact with mm-hmm. our coaches. Which you can I think text, is your, different. text your coach whenever you want, which is a big deal. It's a lot of energy. So it, you really have to have a coach that's ready. And so we really prep our team for that. Of like, are you ready to help on this level? Because this isn't just like throw you on Zoom once a week. This is like you're yeah. talking to your students all the freaking time. Just to take it back to community, I think that is what we really wanted to create with this company. We wanted to create a community of destroyers, of people trying to shake up the industry and change how we're doing things and yep. start to like deconstruct their own businesses to rebuild something more profitable. And I, I think we've succeeded at that and we still have more people to touch in yeah. a non-weird way. <laughs> we want to touch you. <laughs> Let us touch you. <laughs> oh 
even say it straight face. But someone I, wanted to be like, I've been touched by destroy the hairdresser. Touched by an angel. Do you remember that? No, maybe. I do. I do. Nana used to watch it. <laughs> It was one, actually my abuela. I don't one, even know why I called her Nana. <laughs> one angel was British, <laughs> and the other was a wise black woman. Like that's what we how thought it should of, be. That's yeah. That's actually still how I think angels look <laughs> and talk and act. So <laughs> that's not me and you. No. <laughs> <laughs> how do we get that community? Oh my god, <laughs> we've definitely gone off. But I, th- I think that's really important. And I think the title for this podcast should be Clubhouse Community and Connection. Clubhouse Community Connection. Chaos. I don't know. <laughs> yes. But one of the things that we were talking about, which I thought was so valuable, is create your own community. Even if you're an independent, even if you are a commission stylist, if you're a salon owner, whatever the hell your title is, find your community. Make it. Like, set up Zoom calls together, know each other's specialties. And what's so great is like you can help build each other's businesses. So we did a whole talk about referral systems. And so the idea is like I have someone come into my salon and I don't have someone for them because what my team specializes in isn't going to fit their needs. But I know so-and-so down the street that I've created and made a community out of and we talk all the time and we network together and is not in my competition, even though they're a mile down the road, does specialize in that specific thing that the client wants. So I'm going to direct the client to that. And there's such fear about doing that. Like if you share clients, like there's plenty of people that need their hair done. We have to get used to sharing. So I highly encourage you start creating your own communities. I highly encourage that you just message people. Some people are going to be in that mentality and that fear-based mentality of like, ugh, I'm not sharing with you or you're my competition or you know, comparison, comparison, comparison. But I think if you can find your group of people to be like, we're going to help lift each other up. Yeah, that's going back to salons. You know, one of the things we try to get the salon owners that are part of our program to do is to reach out to other salon owners in their community and to build bridges and to collaborate and to share education. Like, why is everyone paying for their own education? Like, why don't we just share it? Yeah. Which it's, I'm excited because we're going to have Gina Bianca on mm-hmm. the podcast and she's created a really cool situation with her salon called The Network. And I think that's kind of the future is these hubs of education and why isn't it you? Why don't you want to be the education hub for your community in your area? And not only that, it's great advertising, it's great for clients, it's great for future employment, it's great for hairdressers that are looking for a new place, but education... It's a great way to bring people together, but then it requires all of us to kind of step out of our comfort zone and meet other hairdressers and other salon owners and build bridges that's not in like a sleazy way. Yeah. And we have to stop comparing ourselves to other people. The worst thing that I see in the industry is someone will be like, well, I can't charge that because no one else in my area does. And you talk a lot about that, David, like about how... Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to break it. If someone doesn't break the mold or, you know, break through that kind of restriction that we're putting on ourselves, the minute someone else in the community raises their prices, the minute the whole community has an opportunity to raise. Right. And so it's putting you in a whole economic bracket that you weren't in before, which benefits of that are making more money, meeting higher income clients, making sure that you are bringing more income to yourself so then you can build your wealth so that you can buy a house or buy a car, have savings or whatever you want to do with that money. But the idea is to really uplift yourself, set the tone for the whole community, 
and be like, I'm freaking doing it. Who's coming with me? And yeah. then someone else does it again. And you do, if a whole town eventually was like at $800 an hour, you're going to get the people that are coming in for that <laughs> or they're going to go outside, right? It's going to help everybody because you're going to be making a ton I, of money and seeing less people. <laughs> one of my biggest hopes is that we get a call one day from one of our listeners that says, I heard you say we should charge $800 an hour behind the chair, and I do that. I take two clients a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really want someone eventually to call us and be like, yeah, I charge this astronomical amount, and I'm doing well. And I think... We should do a poll to see who of our listeners charges the most hourly. I wonder what like the highest price point out there is. Yeah, and we need proof. And then let's raise it. <laughs> and then let's all raise our prices. We were talking in the clubhouse, you were like, if... Everybody, because someone asked what an industry standard hourly price, but we either all need to start doing doing this together. We're not doing an industry standard. We're breaking that. Can you imagine if the whole entire hair community in the whole world was like all hair services? Are $100 an hour, no matter where you are. Done. Can you imagine? No one would have a choice. What would we do? You can't go to someone else. It would become normal within 365 days. Yep. (laughs) Just like... The pandemic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would become normal. We would accept it. Mm-hmm. We would do it. And then the person that charges 200 we're like, oh. Oh. And then it'll slowly trickle like Exactly. A- so we really need to focus on, for every hairdresser that raises their prices, know that you are someone who is helping the industry as a whole elevate itself. Because trying to discount and trying to keep yourself in lower brackets of pricing, it's not just harming you, your income and your family but it's harming everyone as a whole. The average hairdresser makes less than $21,000 a year on, according to statistics in the U.S. Also, they're giving it's 30% sad. of that away. They're investing, um, I would say, anywhere from 1% to 5% of that into education to be better so they can charge more, which then they don't. And so the average hairdresser makes $1 yeah. a year. Why even? <laughs> and then school costs twenty grand. <laughs> exactly. So it's not worth, I don't know about you, but I'm not, going to do anything that's $20,000 a year. I mean, no. I'm not going to even entertain it. I can even wink at it. <laughs> I'm going to poke it with a pole. <laughs> We've lost our minds. We have not had enough coffee. <laughs> lack of coffee, lack of sleep, all to clubhouse and podcasts and I Zoom love it though. And- it's been super helpful and I think really start connecting into these social platforms and start speaking just what you want to speak to. Have you ever seen those people that we follow? We all follow this person, okay? They're just like unapologetically them mm-hmm. and they're messes or they're crazy or mm-hmm. they're just, you're like, how more can they? More than not. Yeah. That's, like, I follow more messes than not Exactly, messes. but we follow them because they're, that's who they are. It's messy. It's messy. We love a good train wreck. But the idea is like, the more you are yourself, the more you're authentic in that direction, the more you're going to have those people, I guarantee you those hot mess express express <laughs> people that you see on social media also attract that same energy to them. Yeah. And so don't think it's all, they probably love it. Some people just love yeah. it. Yeah. I know a lot of people that their Instagram is kind of all over the place. It's not curated. It's just fully them. Mm-hmm. And They're so that successful. would drive me nuts. It's like my own brand. Um, Which is why it's not our brand. Right. But it works for them. And honestly, I like it when I'm consuming something because there's just so much to consume. Mm-hmm. And there's so much to laugh at and to make fun of and to connect with. So I get that is a strategic way of growing. And that works for some people. But for those of you that are curating and you want to make it more about experience and community, you got to really think about what that means and what 
your story is and what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And everyone has a really unique story. Everyone, because I coach a lot of you out there and <laughs> you have crazy stories. So take those stories and make them part of your brand, make them part of what you share with people on social media and what you talk about. And and it's also okay if there are things in your story you don't want to talk about. Yeah. You know what's great is a nifty little button called block. <laughs> Ooh, or mute. Or mute. Mute's my favorite. Yeah. I don't have to look at you. I don't have to see you and you don't have to follow me. And I think we need to set more boundaries like that. You don't make me feel the way I want to feel. So, ah. Boop, boop, block. <laughs> boop, boop, block. <laughs> so I think you definitely have to be in a right mindset for that. But create your community. Find your people. I really, well, to the blocking point, you sometimes have to remove people from the community. Yeah, because it's just not healthy. That's toxic. But I really hope people reach out to us and are like... I live in so-and-so and I literally reached out to like all these people and now we're doing Zoom calls together or we're meeting up for coffee or, you know, we're we're going to share education like every Monday night or I know all their specialties. So if I get someone that I don't want to do, I can send it their way. And I think salon owners need to do this hardcore, like yeah. be best friends with other salons. Well, we were on a podcast episode once and there was a guy that was talking about how during the pandemic, well-known hairdresser during the pandemic wanted to get all the New York salons together. And one of the salons was like, I don't want to work with them because seven years ago, they took one of my stylists or something, you know, like, so we got to get out of that. First of all, seven years ago, I don't even know where <laughs> I live. They take the stylist or the stylist does they not want to work for They showed up with a van. They, they ran inside. Kidnapped. They put a bag over the stylist's head and they kidnapped the stylist and you work for me yeah. now. Now that Silas is a slave yeah, to this new guy. No, that's not what happened. Obviously. And, that, and the point is, that's not what happened. And everyone knows that. And we have to start working together. It's okay if people go work at other salons. We don't have to take things so personally. Can Our you imagine if you were up. like best friends with like four other salons, right? There's like five salons in this little area that are just well, like It's hard to do. All those salons used to work for each other. I know. <laughs> and then now you're like sharing education and you're yeah. all charging really high in the community and you're just like up in the game, right? And then also you're sharing education. You're, But you have a stylist that like works Monday, Tuesdays with you, but they really want to work Sundays, but your salon's not open on Sundays. But the third salon is you could right. allow them to work. And I think we need to get really into this co-working space, but still being commission salons and still being kind of have that freedom and transparency of yeah, we can all work together. Have you ever had competitive experiences like when you were working in the salon when you were younger with your boss or with Well, other? I never signed a non-compete because I was just like, screw that. But, because you're smart. Yeah. I never sign a non-compete. Do not. It is not worth it. And if you work for a salon that wants to try to instill that kind of behavior on you, it is, it's a red flag. Come on, Pete. Yeah. Don't sign the non-compete. <laughs> That's how everyone who hears that is going to never remember or never forget. But um, (laughs) maybe they won't remember. No, I didn't say non-competes, but there was a lot of competition. I remember such cattiness in the salons of like, I remember being a baby little Sid and wanting to learn and being so excited to learn. And like the older generation of hairstylists just being so mean Mm -hmm. and so shitty about it. And Like, you have to earn it. And it's just like, I didn't understand why I couldn't watch or why I couldn't learn or why I needed to be treated dumb or talked down to. I didn't understand why we could still treat someone like a human and also still 
teach. But as I got older, I realized that they were very insecure. Well, my least favorite thing ever, and I would never say this, I've never said this to anyone in my life, but everyone I've worked with has said it to me, that you just got to wait your turn. Mm -hmm. You got to wait your turn and other people have come before you. I don't give a fuck who came before me. I'm going to get mine. (laughs) I'm going to make money. And I'm going to help other people while doing it. I'm not going to step on anyone's toes. I'm going to grab everybody's hand and pull them up. I'm not going to steal anything, but I'm not going to wait my turn. What? Who the hell? Life's too short to be an assistant for five years. No. I don't, especially when you, there's so many people that go into hair after leaving another career. Like if I was going into hair. Like an accountant. Yes. If I went into hairdressing at 40 years old, I do not want to wait five years. Goddamn years making fucking hourly wage. Right. Which is increased, but still not enough. It's not worth it. Don't go into this career for hourly money. Mm-hmm. Charge hourly. Don't get paid hourly Don't by Don't go an to like, I make $12 an hour behind the chair. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I remember, especially after moving to New York City, was like, wait your turn. I pay got, your dues. Pay your dues. You Take know. the abuse. Yeah. Yeah. I was abused pretty badly my first year in New York where I worked and I got a stomach ulcer. Mm-hmm. And I called my dad crying as a grown-ass man. And I said, I'm going to move back to Michigan. I can't do it. And luckily I stayed. And thank God I stayed. But it was so abusive. And I could never imagine running a business like that. And or I don't, treating people that way. Or treating people that way. And I don't think it works anymore, especially for the younger generation. They're like, I'm not dealing with that shit. Mm-mm. They're not going to they tolerate it. And they shouldn't deal with it. And I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, if we want change, we have to do this together. And I, I really love, generations aside, we really have to look at the value that each generation plays in this part. I give so much respect to all the hairstylists that have been in this industry for 20, 30, 40 years, right? Like yep. you made hair what it is but also business has changed. The world has changed. Technology has changed. Every single aspect of almost every single industry has changed. Absolutely. And so we all have to learn to ride this roller coaster together because, and some people are going to be really good at it and some people aren't, but one way we can do that is through sharing, through sharing. I think we need to start lifting people up. We need to start holding people's hands. We need to stop keeping secrets. There's no freaking secret. There's not like this wild success secret. <laughs> it, it does not exist. We don't have it either as a I love company. the non-competes that are like, well, I'm protecting our trade secrets. What are your trade secrets? Yeah, you're doing the same thing that so-and-so down the road is doing. Right, you cut like, hair with shears? Yeah. Like, is it, like, I don't, what's the trade secret? But what we can do is become emotionally intelligent. What we can do is focus on our reactive system. What we can do is take risks and elevate this business, our business, and then creating that community that we were talking about. That's why we're here. <laughs> That's what we do. Destroy the hairdresser. I love that. That should be an ad. <laughs> be a part of our community. <sighs> do I sound Raise like Moira Rose? Raise hell. Yeah, we've been saying... Well, we've been saying this for a long time, but that truly is what we're trying to do. We are trying to destroy businesses, but we're also trying to rebuild them. Yeah. Because things got to change, people. And if you're on board, we're here to help you. My biggest question is, is it shears or scissors? I don't even know. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. I think it's scissors to the new generation. Yeah. Is it color or color? <laughs> it's definitely color. Whatever and it's the hell color you want it to before. be. <laughs> Whatever the hell you want it you to know, be. You know, marketing people at L'Oreal were like, it's color. <laughs> it's color touch, color touch. It used to be hair dye. Oh, yeah, dye. I've been reading, well, not reading 
for fun. I'm making a special project that I can't tell you about. I know. I've been waiting for this. It's a gift. It's almost done. I've been making gifts for my friends. Okay. And doing some arts and crafts. (laughs) And the base of the arts and crafts are coming from 1940s to 1970s old magazines. And they are so cool. And I'm, I'm trying to cut up these magazines because it's like a mixed media piece. But at the same time, I'm reading them. And like really diving into them and there's so much hair stuff and it's just like hair color or hair rollers or, you know, shampoo or like old Clarial. Clarial? I don't even know what I was trying to say. Clarial. Clarial (laughs) bottles. Clarial is still around. I know. Still here. Herbal essence. You remember that? I used to love using that in high school. I remember as a kid watching the Herbal Essence commercials where like the suds were everywhere. Yeah. As I got older, I'm like, oh, that was to brainwash us to like use tons of yeah. shampoo. And now we tell everybody not to shampoo. Yeah. Now we're like, don't shampoo. It's smart. Uh, product companies have taken over our industry. That's why we are a service-based industry now and not an art-based industry because... Front desk was created by products, mm-hmm. product companies. Shelves were created by the product add-ons. companies. Add-ons yeah. were created by product companies. Retail numbers, retail goals. All yeah. So if you're wondering why you hate your job as a salon owner, it's probably because... It's you Big Brother. Them. Yeah. <laughs> because you're working with a big product company. (laughs) There it is. There's the truth. There it is. So Sid, I'm excited to hear about everyone's communities that they're creating and how they're doing it differently. If you have a story about how you're doing community differently in your area, please DM us. We would love to shout you out, talk to you on Clubhouse. Bring you you on a live. Yeah. So we hope that everyone is taking some of this information and applying it at home. And other than that, I think we'll see you next time. (laughs) Okay, bye. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. When you're in a celebrity-based salon, like, the colors next to you is coloring Sharon Osbourne. The hairstylist next to you is blow-drying Julia Roberts. There's an abundance in a circle like that versus, like, just relying on it to be just you. I think that in itself should be filmed. Also, you said it really well, like, this salon bred celebrity hairstylists. And I think when you were going back to giving advice for the stylists that want to ease into that world, like, so good. Like, do your research. Mm -hmm. Don't waste your time somewhere that isn't going to elevate you like that. Mm -hmm.